Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Hello everyone and welcome to Oh What A Night and we have got two Oh What A Nights to talk about, it's very very exciting. Let's intro the lineup first, hell of a five aside for you today, Shawnee Walsh, Hunter Godson, Jude Summerfield, Dan Kilpatrick, how are you all, everyone okay? Hello, very well thanks. Yes, it's been a good week in the <laughs> Tottenham good. land. Yeah, all grand baby. Fully coised today, mm. Shawnee, alright, nothing for you to whinge about today mate. Nope, I was thinking about this in the week that it was going to be a miserable week, and we went and we beat Chelsea. We went and slapped up Maccabee Haifa. Yeah. I'm looking forward to the weekend for once. Yeah, that's nice, isn't it? I, I feel like that too. Should we? Do, we'll do all the good stuff then. Um, oh, yeah. Who wants to take a good? Like, just p- pick them out, pluck them from anywhere. And I'm, I'm, I reserve the right for everyone to not talk about Maccabi Haifa's 25-minute press in the good section for them. I, I, I tweeted that, yeah, I did tweet that it's chaos and I was really into it because it, it was just like, there's no way they can keep this up for 90 minutes. I was, Isn't it mad? I was briefly really concerned that they could keep it up for 90 minutes and then about 10 minutes into it, I was like, oh no, they can't do that. That's insane. Absolutely Out on their insane. feet. I think with the crowd there, they may have been able to go for maybe a little bit longer. But honestly, they were running on adrenaline of being there, the adrenaline of, you know, under the lights. It's warm under those lights. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I thought I was I was pleasantly surprised. I also I was also enjoyed their shooting. Someone's been doing some shooting practice this week, haven't yeah, they? they? Struck oh, the ball really cleanly, Absolutely they? cracking it from 30 yards. Yeah, but let's go on to our really team dangerous. because they lost 17. Yeah. Um, but, but, but just, <laughs> just on Maccabee, like after, after like 25 minutes, I was like, oh, maybe this, this, this young Sherry guy is going to get a big move to a Premier League club. He's really putting himself in the shop window. And I Wikipedia'd him and he's like 32, played for everyone, including two years of QPR. Yeah, which, which yeah. completely passed him by. They mentioned that on commentary so many times as if they pretended that they remembered him, but no one remembers him. Don't pretend that you remember he's him. He's got the real kind of whiff of a mercenary because he played for QPR during like their extravagant, like terribly run years. Mm. He played in China, he's played in Turkey, now he's in Israel. Oh, yeah. Um, Had he played got, at got all the big, as well? Hits. Have I made that up? I don't think I think KPI is his only English club. Oh right, because there was another player that had done the rounds and been through three or four English clubs and then uh, not really uh, not really made it anywhere. But naturally, your eyes are drawn to them because you're like, I've got nothing to go off here to get my team <laughs> stuck into because there's been no head-to-heads. We'd never played them before, and no one really knew anything about them. But anyway, enough about them. So let's talk a bit about our team. Lots to enjoy from the last few days. Let's do Chelsea first. Um, where where should we start? Shawnee, I'll let you go first. You can pick out the, the things that you really, really enjoyed. I enjoy the fact that even though Chelsea got the opening goal and they made a couple of okay chances and we were playing basically a 3-7-0 formation, we actually looked competitive throughout. We looked aggressive. We looked up for it despite Jose saying that he was 
effectively throwing the game. And we got what we deserved in the end. I think we deserved to take it to penalty at least. And when you get to that as a lottery and all of our penalties were good, I was so nervous over some of them because <laughs> we just don't have a good re- record in penalty shootouts. Um, but it was, do you know what it felt like? It felt like the shot in the arm that we needed after being so disappointed on Sunday. Yeah. And it gave us a huge boost. And I, th- I don't want to say that it, like, it carried over into the McAree game because I think that we would have beat him, beat him anyway, but it just lifted the general mood. Mm. And if if fans were there at the stadium, then it it would have been even better, and it would have it would have had this kind of like palpable feel about it. But it was just such a it's such a belief thing that we're down to the bare bones again. We're playing a million games in a week, but we we've come through it. We're into the next round of the cup that we can win. Mm. We're into the group stage of the Europa League, and it's just a, it's such a good thing now heading into this really tough game. Yeah, I think you're spot on there, Sean. To be honest, because the. The feeling after the Newcastle game was right now we go into it, now we're into it and we've just come after something you know it's almost like a tragedy and the Chelsea you know the Chelsea game we go one down you sort of think oh god now if we go out of this and then the, you know the the momentum thing at this point of the season especially with an international break coming up can be really important and so if you if you lose against Chelsea you beat Maccabi Haifa but then you lose against United you're sort of thinking. You know, the players go away with a slight dampener. And that's what I think the Europa League is actually really good for, just in terms of keeping that momentum going and keeping that wi- that winning sort of... Um, that winning feeling that managers always talk about. I think it was really helpful in carrying that into a weekend. And I, we have the squad depth. I know, Marine, I know Jose, maybe, maybe not up front, but we do have the squad depth in other positions, so we should be able to rotate and... But yeah, no, it was it just it set the week up nicely, didn't it? That Chelsea, especially a penalty whip. I can't remember the last time we scored all five penalties. It was uh, <laughs> it was just lovely. Did you uh, be honest when people were stepping up? Who were the ones where you did the the collective sort of like clenching of butt cheeks with panic? Lucas, yeah. all of them. I mean, for me, it's Lamella. <laughs> it is Lamella. I think he missed one it's in his Lucas. first. In his, in his first. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, in his first penalty shootout, Lamella like scuffed one and it just rolled across the floor. I can't remember who it was against. It was like four or five years ago. It was Hull, I think, in the League Cup. Yeah, yeah. Just since then. I think I did say to my girlfriend when when Lucas stepped up, I was like, watch him smash this one 10 feet over the bar. (laughs) It was was a beautiful penalty, in fairness to him. He he absolutely shut me up. uh, They all went the same way as well. Yeah, I, I did say it's kind of disappointing for Mendy because he did the, the criminal thing of, right, I'm going to go into the same corner because, the, you know, the law of um, averages says that someone's going to go that way at some point. And then he changes direction for Harry Kane, which is criminal. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I, I, I thought Hoybier's penalty was amazing. I think just generally in the last couple of weeks, he's really he's really sort of starting to become uh, a rock for us in that midfield that we were hoping to see. I know, I know the first first couple of games were a bit shaky, you know, still getting to know the teammates, but yeah, the last couple of games he's he's really grabbed hold of them and controlled that midfield um, when others around him are struggling. And 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 also, I, I feel like in the Chelsea game, the way that he came on and just sort of started to dictate the tempo and just really calm everyone down was massively massively helpful dan was that that come across to you in the stadium did you pick up on that yeah i think hoiberg's had a good week i think against newcastle him and winks were really impressive and it was difficult to 
read too much into it because Newcastle was so poor and stood off them so much that you didn't know whether it was just one of those games where they were made to look great by the quality of the opposition. But I think he's looked much better this week after a really slow start against Everton. And obviously he was taken off by Jose last night. He was the second sub. So I think that kind of underlines how um, important Jose considers him. He came off before Kane to to save him for United. Um, I think just kind of generally speaking, my my feeling from the Chelsea game was that it started out much in the same vein as the two kind of Leipzig matches where Spurs were depleted and obviously playing in a very playing in a certain way i.e. very defensively and it felt kind of hopeless and Chelsea's goal felt like a, an inevitability and you just thought oh it's just going to be like Leipzig away like a kind of comfortable 3-0 but then the fact that actually Spurs really rallied after the goal and, and fully deserved the draw and probably to win it on penalties on balance of play I think sort of says that the team is in a different place and the squad is in a different place now to, to where they were last year. Um, I think there's just more confidence, there's more kind of belief um, and, and there's just kind of more options as well. So, yeah, it was um, it was a, a good night and I think the manner of the victory was potentially quite galvanising for, for everyone. Definitely. I think that was really... Sorry, go on, Sean. I think it was really summed up by everything Ndombele did. He had a good game by the penalty shootout, he was he was he was close to like collapsing. He was so tired, but he was so happy. Like in some of those pictures after that, it, but it just it was just it, wasn't it? We were good, we were happy, but ultimately we were tired. Yeah, and it's so good that he's still coming on leaps and bounds. And Hunter, you you just don't want to get swept away in it yet. Still, I think I'm I'm just I'm just careful, you know. I'm just careful. <laughs> no, honestly, I. I <laughs> the words coming out of my mouth aren't representing how my head and my heart are feeling about it. That's I'm just being I'm just being overly cautious. That's what I say. I I absolutely love watching him. He's like a he's like a, a hybrid between like a Moussa Dembele and um, well, he's just not as good as Moussa Dembele yet, basically. But you can see you can see similarities in his game. The way that he drops his shoulder and moves past people is is something that Spurs haven't had in their midfield for since he left and. Do, do you reckon he would have been on Pochettino's genius list had Pochettino had enough time working with him? You know he had those kind of five geniuses, and it was <laughs> Dembele, De La Pena, Ronaldinho, JJ Kocha, and was there one more? I just wonder whether he would have ended up feeling the same about Ndombele, because he has got a touch of the Dembele and a kind of touch of the Akocha as well about him. Just the way he plays the game with so much kind of freedom and, and creativity. I think I think you're probably right, you know, because there looks to be a player that I haven't seen in quite a while in there, and yeah, the similarities between him and Moussa Dembele continue to grow, um, and arguably he's he's a better dribbler than Moussa Dembele. So, you know, Hunter, would you say he's a better passer as well? He's definitely he sees he sees passes through the lines up to the forwards. Um, that a lot of players don't see. You know, that I think that's where he deserves massive credit is that his sort of... And he plays a lot of one first-time passes, which is, you know, as a as a midfielder, it's so valuable to be able to just see the pass before the rest of the plays moved on. He's seeing things that are happening two, three plays ahead, which um, is really f- freeing to the front line. Um, yeah, I, th- I, th- I definitely think it's a massive asset of his. He's got quite, We've got a, to do, quite um, a weird trait, so gone, though, hasn't he? Sorry, mate. Um, but I always feel like he's going to lose the 
ball in some areas and then some it's like it's just attached to his foot on a piece of string it's really <laughs> odd he seems to get himself into these really tight situations and just finds a way out regardless <laughs> it's mm. quite it's really unique I, I, he's, he's incredibly strong for someone that looks from just their appearance that they wouldn't be that strong you know, he seems to find ways to, to kind of hold people at bay, maybe two or three players at once. Um, and you're thinking, oh, he's going to give it away, he's going to give it away. And then he just will find a pass out of nowhere. And the thing that makes me the happiest is that when you see him make that pass out of nowhere, but it breaks a line, like you said, Hunter, and suddenly you're thinking, oh, wow, giving our front three players finally an opportunity to either go one-on-one or three-on-two potentially, um, which is really, really nice. Do you know what? We're going to say, let's save Eric Dyer for the beautiful because there's a lot to unpack there, (laughs) as he clearly did. (laughs) Can't Um, to the dirty. Actually, we could do that for the ugly, yeah. Um, Was there any bads? I don't really... We did Newcastle and and that was was crap. I suppose the the bad and the ugly, really, if we're saying that um, Eric can take the ugly, the bad would be the penalty decisions last night, right? Ugh. Again, just Jesus Christ. mental. My, that, that, honestly, that the the Doherty one was bad, and then the one I I, I don't know what their defender was called was worse uh, somehow, because his arm is in his body. Uh, <laughs> it's, I know I know it's not the referee's fault, but it really felt like the referee gave the second one last night because he gave the first one, and you almost mm. saw that because he paused for about two seconds before he gave the penalty and went. I sort of have to give it, don't I? Because I gave the other one down there. That I've no look idea at this mess I've got myself yeah. into. Yeah. <laughs> it's, and, look, and look, they're not helped because there's no VAR in the Europa League. Um, and this is the sort of this is the compromise we have, right? We either have VAR and they go to it. But all we're saying is use VAR better, and look at that and go, that's not a penalty, and neither is that. And yeah, I mean, well, they, well, they wouldn't have been penalties in the Premier League from this weekend, which is kind of an added layer of confusion now because all the referees have agreed to be more lenient and more subjective. Okay. So we've now got a situation where we're back to there being very different rules in the European competitions to the domestic competitions. And it all just feels so tiresome and boring and just kind of endless and <laughs> unnecessary. Yeah. It's, I mean, luckily, I mean, the best thing you can say is that the referee was kind of even with both sides. I suppose. <laughs> both ridiculous penalties. Absolute chaos, isn't it? Right, so let's do ugly. Um, Eric Dyer, who can also get beautiful for this, mm. but um, two games in three days, nips himself off. Of, it wasn't even five minutes. No, it was he was in and out really two, quickly. Two max. <laughs> two max. It was alarmingly quick. <laughs> yeah, given what we now know, it was worryingly quick. And it was, it was also, a very quick Jackson Pollock. <laughs> it was insane. The the sort of the, the commentators not knowing what was happening. Jose going down the tunnel. It, I was like. That I think Sean tweeted it. It's like, can we just have one normal day at Tottenham, please? <laughs> <laughs> one day of normality when no one does anything insane. Like, um, and then they almost scored. You know, they, 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 Callum Hudson Odoi. If he slides Tammy Abraham in instead of shooting, I think, I think we go two 0 down. And was it was it one all at that point? Yeah, was no, that was, that was at one nil. That would have made it. Yeah. That would have made it two nil. Curtains. I don't. I don't think anyone on the pitch knew what was happening either. So that was. I don't think he told anyone. He didn't seem to appear to go to like Hoybo. Like, can you just drop in here? Well, mate? well, Alderville <laughs> said afterwards he wasn't aware. I think. Yes. He, he, he just he, turned he, around. He's gone. He wasn't there. <laughs> he, he just suddenly saw his centre back partner just sprinting off. Imagine. Um, Jose's reaction is brilliant. You must have been behind Jose as well, Ben. 
Mate, no, his, I, his I reaction thought it was, was superb. Hilarious. And then and then the, the behind the scenes cameras of seeing him storm down like it's the back of a WWF thing. And you, you just sort of hear you literally you can hear JR kind of God almighty <laughs> he's like storming the change room to drag him out of the toilet. I've seen so many great memes to be fair yeah, of, the, of that. I, it's just been so the good. internet is undefeated with these things as usual. Yeah. Um, Phenomenal. I don't think that it's necessarily a thing that would have happened, but there's a chance that if he stayed on the pitch and Chelsea still had the ball, that he might have slipped or he might have done something stupid and they might have scored a second goal. So <laughs> in a way, him going to the loo at that point won us the match. Yeah, That's yeah what but I'm Sean, <laughs> is this butterfly effect thing, right? Because Jose, this is essentially what you get with Jose Mourinho, right? He storms down the tunnel to go and find Eric Dyer because he's raging with the fact this is on a knife edge. Yeah, like yeah. In his mind, there is literally a, a, a small error or a small decision that Chelsea will make and it will mean that Spurs score. And thankfully, Alderweireld sort of timed the interception incredibly well and then we, we go down the other end. And Regulon, by the way, who was unreal yeah. apart from his error, um, gets the assist and we get the goal. And then when when Spurs win the penalty shootout, it almost feels like Providence, doesn't it? It feels like it was meant to kind of happen that way. But I think that's just that's just what you get with Jose. You get that feeling off the back of a win like that, that, okay, this is all part of the plan. Mm. <laughs> problem is, obviously... To believe. Yeah, the <laughs> problem is, if it goes the other way, if you get beaten by Norwich, then yeah. it then it wasn't part of the plan and it means Jedson never takes a penalty again in his life. Yeah, um, probably a good thing. So maybe for beautiful <laughs> we could do a uh, Sergio Regalon. Sorry, I, I just want to add in just very quickly. I think it's worthwhile uh, highlighting some of this Maccabi Haifa defending <laughs> for at least four of our goals. <laughs> so trash. They essentially just gave us the ball and then allowed us to score. Um, but you know, I think I think we did really well to sort of pull them all over the place. But two or three times. Uh, yeah, just tripping over themselves at the back, weren't they? They in also brought the in- well. oh the first one. <laughs> tri- they they also bought the entirety of the club. Did you notice that, Dan? Did yeah, it was loud? mad. They they had they had loads of people on the sidelines, like loads of people behind me in the press box, loads of people like in the radio section. I don't know if they were all officially affiliated to the club or oh, just aren't Israel kind of having like a media. terrible time with coronavirus at the moment. Apparently they shut all their airports. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, they must have had like a, a massive a massive private jet private with jet. everyone associated with the club. But fair play, I mean thirty subs. I quite like that. Although although ironically they only named five of seven subs. <laughs> so they all definitely weren't subs. <laughs> The day before, they're just signing up journalists as like reserves. Like, oh yeah, no, he's played for us for years, lads. Him? Oh what? Yeah. Oh, that's great. That is mental. Rejected a bid from Man United for that guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) That is so good. Right, let's do a bit of uh, Sergio Regulon because I got so much joy from his performance the other night against Chelsea. What about you guys? Yeah, it was really promising, I think. And he it was kind of everything you could want, including the mistake almost, because I think it was it was a good test of character that he passed with flying colours, because I think it would have been really easy for him after that. And it, it was a bad moment. You know, he lost the ball, then he got properly skinned by Aspilicueta. 
Uh, so it was kind of two, a, a two-in-one mistake, and I think it would have been easy to kind of hide, but literally within 30 seconds, he was right up the flank in a crunching tackle with Tamori. Yeah, he broke his to, own leg. <laughs> yeah, just just trying to inject a bit of impetus and kind of forward thinking into the, the team. And I think he genuinely made a big difference in that regard. Like, his runs down the flank, it, it really helped encourage other people get to get forward and start kind of playing on the front foot a bit more, which is a big problem in the first 20 minutes. Hmm. Um, and genuinely, I think until Kane came on, he was the biggest attacking threat in the Spurs side. I mean, he had the two biggest chances yeah. Both from Aurier's crosses, um, and he just looked—he just looked like everything Davis isn't really. Um, and a very quick, very attacking, very decisive. Although it must be said that kind of gentle Ben really stepped up against he Maccabee did. and obviously sort of felt the pressure. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. He, he definitely did though. He stepped up his performance. When was the last time he assisted a goal from a cross? And then a, and then he's in the box making a nuisance of himself for the the Celso goal. Yeah, right? it, it was it was noticeable. Mm. I mean, and, and that's what you want from competition, really. Yeah, I think that's a, that's yeah that's something we've missed, right? That's something we've missed in in a lot of different positions for for the last couple of years. Is is like so even someone like Deli Ali, for instance, just feeling far too comfortable in the knowledge that well, if I don't play. That, that there's no one else really to take my place, and I think what what we saw with Regulon, like as Dan said, is just everything that I sort of level at Ben Davis on week in week out. Now I, I Ben Davis is probably still a better defender at this moment in time. It's probably fair to say, but in terms of an attacking threat, Regulon, well, you know, it's 75th minute against Chelsea, and he's he's two thirds of the way into the Chelsea half because he knows he's got the pace to get back up the other side of the pitch if he needs to. And, that that's going to be so important with um, him and Doherty. If we're playing teams who are sitting in or who are slightly deeper, we need them to be able to get up and to get back. And I I, I don't know if it's just not remembering Mourinho's previous teams, but I don't remember the fullbacks being that high in other teams. I think I I feel like there's maybe a, that's a slight adaptation that he's allowed for um, because of his brilliant right hand man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's been waiting for this he's been waiting all week for this so uh, Jao Sacramento was on fire last night by was the it? way like it, just in terms of his, his his mannerisms and the way that he was sort of prancing about actually against Chelsea exactly the same hmm. he was just sort of all over the place it's incredible watching him he sort of does everything in the sumo squat position as well which is quite funny he seems to just be constantly ready to pounce on any small thing that the fourth official does wrong which I is quite it. good he is um, like, he's like Mourinho's mini me I love it uh, uh, but honestly serious point about kind of assistance that there's sort of this school of thought that like Rui Faria was the one who always used to wind up Mourinho and kind of bring out oh, his really? worst tendencies when he was at yeah United and Chelsea he'd kind of get in his ear before press conferences and, and get in his ear on the bench and when Sacramento first came in and there's that gif of him sort of whispering something to, to Jose and then they both <laughs> yeah. sprint up to the fourth official <laughs> so I was like okay he looks like he's in the, in the Rui Faria mould who's he's going to kind of wind up um, Jose a bit and then sort of bring out the, the worst in them. So I wondered if it, it would be a, a kind of similar dynamic. But just having watched the documentary and, and sort of seeing Sacramento around the place, I think he's got more of a sunny disposition. So actually maybe he, he, he's kind of a more of a happy influence, which is why we're seeing a slightly mellower Jose. I mean, I, I may be overthinking this, but I just wonder whether he's... Um, 
Yeah, whether he's got a kind of sunnier disposition than Rui Ferreira did. Mm. Rui didn't yeah, have I... a sunny disposition, though, did he? <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> I, I do wonder as well how much... I, do you know what? I don't want that. I'm, I'm not committing enough there. Everything it feels like at the moment around Spurs is very, very results-based. Mm. It feels mm. like there has yeah. never been a time at which defeat is taken so badly and victories are so ecstatic, you know, that the, the mood changes very, very quickly. So it has been but, a but, really, but really but good week from that point of view. That's Mourinho, yeah. because there's no project yeah. or philosophy, really. It's, it's just... It's just all about results. Yeah, it's winning there's or no, losing, isn't it? Yeah, there's, there's no kind of long-term, oh, you know, we're building something here and, you know, this is all part of the learning curve. It's just, you know, yeah, we, we win or we lose. It's good or mm. it's bad. Which is part of the reason why I think you, you you sort of, you have got to take a lot of enjoyment from the fact we're making moves in the transfer market as well. Because if that's going to be the philosophy, we've got to do it. Yeah, look, I, th- I think most Spurs fans will tell you that this is probably, you know, one of the best windows we've had in terms of addressing issues that we've had over the last couple of years to go out and get Hoiberg in, to get Regulon in. You know, I, I even last night I was watching it thinking, oh, this is this is quite good. And then I remembered that Gareth Bell's just sitting it, watching it in the stand as well. I was like, oh God, he's really good. Nice <laughs> um, and Vinicius coming in today for his. Um, for his um, medical, and then uh, Dan, I think you reported it this morning that we're going to go go in and try and get another centre back um, over the weekend, which would be fantastic. I still think that is an area we're going to have to address if if Juan Foyt is is cast out as he appears to be. Um, uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, it, but it is great seeing these transfers actually happen, and you have to say, would this happen under Poch? I think Levy's um, slightly intimidated by Mourinho, or at least he's in <laughs> awe of him, so he allows him a more more sort of wiggle room in asking for players. Agree. I think there's a whole podcast we could do on that. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, do you know what? Next, next we could do we could on Tuesday. That. On Tuesday, yeah. After the transfer yeah. window's closed, let's look into yeah. it. Sold. So, jobs are going to... Okay, last beautiful from me before we talk about the, the draw for the Europa League, which has just come out. Uh, Gareth Bale back in the Tottenham kit on the training ground. Those pictures were just glorious, weren't they? Just serotonin all the way through my body. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Um, Isn't it weird, Jude, how that can actually like affect your mood? Yeah, like, just I felt, a smile I felt just light. instantly popped up and it was just like, oh, there is some good in the world. It's all- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to be all right. Yeah. Yeah, Gareth's, Gareth's going to come in and he's going to do something and we're going to be all right. Sandwiched in between tweets about the US presidential debates. Yeah, exactly. You see Gareth Bale come out in the Spurs kit and you just think, wow, everything's okay. Maybe, maybe it is all right. I, th- I think we should also have a shout out actually for Steven Bergvain, who's been yeah. uh, just like a very willing runner in the last couple of games. And it, um, he looked knackered at about 70 minutes last night and then he went, the, he ran the length of the pitch to a, and, and skinned their centre-back, sat him down for Kane's hat-trick goal and it was a lovely, lovely three-ball. And I, you know, this, we are starting to see players start, who, you know, thought maybe their time was coming to an end at Spurs. I'm talking about Yilamellas, Lucas even maybe, who are, who are having to up their games. I'm not going to warn you again, Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> who are having to up their games because they know that, you know, the, the, the places are up for grabs and there's, there's people going after their positions. And I think that is something we have 
have been missing the last couple of years. And not not through the fault of Pochettino, I have to say. It's through the fault of not signing the right players yeah. in the right positions. I agree. Um, we we haven't even got time to talk about Harry's hat-trick, so I'm sure he'll score another one this weekend and we can talk about that on Tuesday <laughs> as well. Um, just quickly on the uh, Europa League draw, Ludogoretsk, Lask and Antwerp. Any thoughts or worries, concerns, or any good? Bi- any of them, Dan, that you can go and actually visit? Apparently not. I think they're all on the quarantine <laughs> list, from what I can see. Uh, Absolute stinker. So, uh, my, my chances of having Steins in um, a nice Austrian square look look pretty slim at the moment, which is a shame. But um, yeah, I mean everything's changing. I'm supposed to go on holiday next week, so that'll probably not happen. Um, <laughs> everything's changing really quickly, so so who knows? But um, yeah, I mean, I think it's a. It seems like a kind of reasonable draw to me, in that none of the teams w- would fear of kind of losing to if if Spurs rotate. But equally, I don't think they're all any of them are a complete pushover. Mm. So a, a kind of nice level of, of competition for the squad um, there. I'm, I'm quite happy with there's the, there's not like a, a ludicrous amount of travelling there either um, in terms of o- Austria, Belgium and um, Bulgaria. Bulgaria obviously being the furthest, but yeah, I mean we're not we're not spending seven hours on a plane um, going there and then coming back. So should uh, yeah should be a fair a fair group to get through. I always think with the Europa League group stage is just let some kids have some run outs and take whatever momentum you can do into the weekend and so hopefully hopefully it should be a walk in the park and we've got so many players now like mm. i mean we actually have got enough of a squad that if we go to two games a week we need to use them so um yeah fingers crossed there's a bit of rotation there and everyone keeps nice and fresh nice and sharp and then harry doesn't have to play every minute of every game um right Okay, I think that was a, a fairly well-balanced wrap-up of a very good week Spurs. Fingers crossed this weekend against United, it sort of carries on. Um, we'll be back on Tuesday and we'll do all the transfer roundup and we'll do all the Man United roundup and just kind of whiz through all things Spurs then, knowing the way things have gone or seeing the way things have gone over the course of last month, I assume the next few days are just going to be full of chaos and madness and ups and downs, so there'll be plenty to talk about. Thank you so much to Dan. Fingers crossed your holiday's not cancelled. Thank you, Hunter. Cheers, Thank, guys. You. Thank you, Sean. Cheers, guys. Absolute pleasure. And we'll see you on Tuesday. Oh, leave us a rating and a review, and we really appreciate it. Five stars. Take care, everyone. Five stars all around. Bye, 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 bye. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.